On this episode of AV Week, we talk about licensing for drones, getting young people involved in AV, plus what it takes to be integrator of the year. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Extron. This is AV Week, episode 226, recorded Friday, December 18th, 2015. Mom's Gotta Pay. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host with us this week, my buddy, my pal, the left side of my brain, Mr. George C. Tucker. How are you, sir? C? Uh, it's George C. Scott, George C. Tucker. Uh, am I supposed to, like... Mm, I don't know. Yes. Wear a pith helmet. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I have a pith... I own a pith helmet, see? I'm not I'm surprised. just dandy. All right. Also with us, uh, the only one of us three who has seen The Force Awakens, um, Star Wars. He's not going to give any spoilers. He did say it was good, though. Uh, Craig McCormick from Commercial Integrator. How are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? Good. So good? Yes? Worth the 10 bucks. Very good. And I, I paid a little more than 10 bucks, but definitely worth it. And, and I'll definitely see it again. All right. Actually, yeah, I shouldn't say 10. I think it's like 11 or 12 now for in, in the Midwest. So... Uh, all right, here we go, kids. Um, first and foremost, um, we are going to talk about drones, and, and I, I apologize uh, beforehand. Um, t- the so a couple weeks ago, we we talked about drones, and George, I think, it was on last time we did, we did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked the question: Are drones AV? And we had a lot of feedback from that saying yes. We had some people saying no as well. So it is in that spirit that I bring you this story, and it is the the fact that hang on to your 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 hats, kids. The FAA is getting involved. If you are a business, don't do anything yet. Basically, is the bottom line of this CNET story. If you are um, a uh, individual and you, it is under I believe five pounds. I'm going to double check here. Um, I'm sorry, it is under half a pound. <laughs> you don't have to register. So if you are between half a pound and 55 pounds, it's going to cost you five bucks to register. Um, George, is this a good thing? I guess is the best way to start this conversation. Should the FAA start getting involved in these smaller form hobbyist aircraft, and as whether, whether it's for a business standpoint or from a hobbyist standpoint? I think you enter that situation in which should the government be involved in anything in the mass market, right? Um, we can see your stuff on screen. Thank you. Um, anything on the mass market regulated is a problem, right? Yeah. People get upset, whether it's firearms or drones or anything else in between. Um, unfortunately, I think there is a desperate need for it on a, gla- on a sort of larger scale. Uh, there's been too many incidences when we've read about and heard about drones flying within a couple of thousand feet of commercial airlines 
And Lord knows we've had enough trouble with birds getting caught in engines or cracking uh, the windscreens wind of these of these jetliners. This cannot be a good thing. And combine that with that uh, lovely individual who combined a uh, what was it a nine millimeter that he could fire remotely from the drone. Have you yes. seen this video on YouTube? Yeah. You're dealing with some serious stuff. I mean, look, combine the drones with the guys who are into rocketry. And then you put rocketry and you have people who have technical know-how. I mean, this is the dark side of the maker movement, right? The people who are really into stuff because they're into it, just like, say, hackers were in the early days. And then you get the side that says, that's cool, but now I can do something really impactful. And the maliciousness has to be protected against like anything, though, will the registration really stop the person who wants to do it? No, because you can get a car and drive it on license, and they have to catch you when you hit somebody or get into an accident, right? Yeah. But I think it's at least a start to say, hey, we've got to find a way to make sure that we can start to track some of these things. All right, Craig, from, a, from, the, from the business standpoint, you know, Infocom had a, a drone section, ISC uh, 2016 will have a drone section. Ostensibly, most likely, there, there will be a drone section at, at Infocom next year. Um, how quickly does the government need to move? Because we mentioned in this story on CNET, um, there's not a business license yet, right? So if you read kind of between the lines, at least I'm reading between the lines like this, if you are a business, that means you can't get a license, therefore you can't legally operate it yet. So how quickly does the FAA need to move for integrators to start you know, operating these things legally? I, I, I think... There's, there's starting to be some demand for for drones, but I don't think it's it's an immediate need. I don't think it's something that has to happen, you know, this week, this month, you know, three months from now, anything like that. But um, I'm not surprised to see the the government in, involved in it. Uh, you know, in, in addition to, you know, being a way to to make some money, it's also a way to you know kind of cover themselves if there is some sort of incident, they can, you know, track the the person that supposedly own the drones it's 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 similar to you know owning a gun or anything like that it's you know just just you know a, a method of, of record keeping but like like george had said about you know being unlicensed and driving a car you know it, there's there are going to be people that aren't going to register their drones and they'll probably be the ones that are the the biggest problems or, or menaces to uh you know to to the issue it, it basically it, it takes one person to screw up a good thing so that's that's kind of where this uh, this feels like it's it's headed for me. I, I I think most people will end up you know doing what they're supposed to do and and registering if they have to register. But I I can certainly see a scenario where you know we we hear about some sort of situation where you know somebody did something untoward with a uh, an unregistered drone. All right. Um, the only thing is, is and they they did mention the fact that you have to have um, registration and a, a basically a uh, a, a license on your actual drone, so it's very reminiscent to the license number you have to have on on airplanes and stuff, stuff like that. So I, I kind of get that. Um, well, did you see the Japanese, or was it the Thai police have a drone that actually has a netting underneath it to capture? Uh, really, drones that are not allowed in certain areas. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say that they were gonna, they were going to capture you know other criminals. No, 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 no. A la superhero. <laughs> very Batman. -like yeah, thing. very Batman. Um, but no, 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 no. They were they're they're actually chase drones to go and net any kind of drone that they think is not in the area, and they go after it. Use a wow. drone to catch a drone. It's a job to have, right? Yeah, I want that job. Yeah. Well, and the the government, the 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 military, when you have drone pilots, uh, at least they used to. It was six six nine months ago, uh, I read this story where you still actually you suit up in a flight suit 
to hmm. operate the drone because they don't want them to forget the fact that you know what you're you're operating a still operating a, a piece of, of flying equipment it's still a deadly machine when it comes to the military part uh so yeah, yeah. they still wear the, the flight jackets and everything even though they you know they go home after their 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 different missions for the day so they're saying no flip-flops and uh Yes, no flops and pina coladas and you know yeah all <laughs> right very hunter s thompson what'd you do today well i wiped out a village of ISIL. um all right next story up we're going to talk with uh, mr mccormick here and um well let, let's let's just say that that this story caused a little bit of controversy not a lot but there was a little bit of controversy um we talked about it a couple weeks ago and we talk, talked about the fact that yorktel was named uh commercial integrators 2015 integrator of the year um, so, Craig, first of all, take me through the, the steps of, of what it takes to become Integrator of the Year first. Um, well, it, it starts with, uh, with myself and, and Tom LeBlanc, and you know, we, we kind of throughout the year we'll, we'll talk about companies that we think might, might make uh, good, good selections for Integrator of the Year, and um, I think we've done a, a pretty good job in, in picking, picking them over. This, Yorktel is the, the fifth for our, uh, our you know, this, this is now the end of our, our fifth year for commercial integrator. Um, we, we do, you know, kind of seek some advice outside, but, but generally we, we try to, you know, kind of make our selection in within, you know, within the confines of our office. And, um, uh, for, uh, for, for the case with, with Yorktel, we, uh, we, we interviewed, we did kind of screening interviews with, uh, handful of, of other integrators and, you know, kind of talk to them about, you know, their strengths and, you know, kind of th things that they, they bring in, in certain areas. And, um, the, the thing that stood out when it, when it comes to Yorktel is the, uh, the managed services component, the, uh, you know, the, the about 50% of their revenue comes from, from managed services. So, so certainly they're, uh, ahead of the curve uh, compared to a lot of other integrators in, in terms of that and that that's you know it, it's something that that a lot of integrators have, have talked about you know we're, we're strong in managed services but yorktel is you know ahead of pr pretty much everybody and you know i guess i guess everybody in the integration business when it comes to that so that's that's kind of how how we came down down to them um another uh area that, that we were kind of focused on this year was um content creation video content creation um and and that's something that yorktel is is uh, is working on uh, they're they're getting a little stronger in that and, and focusing some some on that uh you know go, going forward um certainly they're they're much stronger in managed services than than in content creation but they do have those those two components and um, that's that's kind of how we uh, we ended up with them as as our integrator of the year. I, I, I know I've heard from from you know some some people that that were you know kind of wondering about the selection, but for I mean for the most part it's it's been positive um, you know in, in terms of their selection, and I know that they were excited about it as well. So, well, and, and like I said, yeah, I I have no problem with it. You know, I, I I've never done work with Yorktel, but you know I'm sure they're a good company. Um, Hanan, from from your standpoint, from a manufacturer standpoint, how do you help a integrator uh, not just become integrator of the year? We're, we're you know we've got Craig on. And we're talking about you know their their integrator of the year, um, but how do you help integrators become successful? Uh, whatever that that success means, whether it means you know landing big contracts, obviously making making money uh, year over year. How does a manufacturer help help their clients become more successful? Um, excellent question. I think, you know, 
similar to what you know we were talking before from a, you know why they selected Yorktel because of the massive growth in management services. Uh, one of the areas of uh, we've seen growth on our end has been to, you know, not from giving away professional services for free, but from actually, you know, mandating a lot of our customers to get these so that when they are on the field, they don't have that ball dropping and say, oh, crap, what happened here? Who did this? How did that happen? So one of the things that we're doing is actually a two-prong approach, which is a little unique from a manufacturer standpoint. Um, and I think we're ahead of the curve to avoid it and from seeing, you know, a real nice case study um, is to constantly be offering training for free. Hmm. And certifications don't always equal training. <laughs> to a large extent, as we all know, it's a piece of paper. Um, and one of the things that we want to make sure we do is that when someone does get training, they're actually trained not just the integrator, but the subcontractor, because everybody knows integrators are using subcontractors today, and even the local union shop that's involved, we involve all those components on a training level. Um, so we look at it, like I said, as a two-prong approach. One is that we offer them free training, whether that be in our showroom in New York City or via web or on the phone or even FaceTime that we've done many times. But we actually offer from PrimeView Manufacturing Professional Services our engineers on site helping the integrator along the way. And whether that be sending somebody from our headquarters in uh, Israel on the R&D side or someone from New York City, and we send them globally to projects in Africa, uh, to projects right now ongoing in uh, Venezuela, Caracas, California, Canada, anywhere in the world. All right, George, it, it, Hanan makes a good point of, of not giving away services, right? Um, a very good friend of mine who's, who works for a software company is is always chiding uh, his clients who are also integrators for giving away services, giving away what's thing, things that are valuable. Whether it's live staging events when you work working for a control company, you dealt with integrators. How do we get out of that cycle, I guess? Because there are integrators who do design build, right? And they give away the design. That's part of their their added value. But then you have an entirely different segment of the industry. With that's what they do. You have consultants. Consultants make money making designs, right? <clears throat> consultants. <laughs> that's what they do. So, how, how do we? I, I guess how do we get out of this uh, cycle of giving away? To Hanan's point, giving away what's still there's still value there. It's a tough proposition and a tough question. I mean, for some companies, that's your lead-in. Yeah. Um, We've often spoken of the virus of free. It's a virus. It starts to spread, and it has spread widely. Uh, how many of us really pay for our own music anymore? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you and you take with that certain assumptions that you will get and what you won't get. Um, and from the client end, I don't think they always know that they're making that decision to not get something, a vetting of the process, a QCing and a configuration, as it were, let's say for my world, of that system before it leaves. Those are the kind of things that you need to worry about. Now, we do that, and a lot of companies will do that as well, but you need to get paid for what you do, and we need to start to reinstill in our clientele that aspect of it, that people are being paid to do this, and people are doing it not because we want to charge you or bilk you. It's not a consumable that we're just adding on. You know, you didn't use a 1,000 rolls of gaff tape. It's Somebody works hard to make sure this works right from the get-go. Um, it's, it's a hard one to do. If I'm a small company and there's a competitor and I know that I can give away that design for free but then make that up on the back end with services and managed services, absolutely, I probably would do it. But I know I'd be in a trap. I'm never going to be able to charge for that 
at least within that circle of clientele. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, what Yorktail did was always grow. And I think what they did right was, hey, we're going to be doing this part of it. And maybe this is an add-on feature and you charge very little for it, but you charge something. That way, sort of when you get the wiggle room to charge more because there's more involved, you have it. Think of the Fed. Fed just put the points up, what, 0.25% or something? Yep. 25 points. And they ostensibly did that. Why? So they had some wiggle room in case they needed to bring it down again. What about, the guys who, what about the guys who wanted to refi just right now? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Dave, that's finance. You take your chances. You know, I mean, the world's yeah. going to change in a, in a dime sometimes. But, again, the point is charge something. Uh, it's one of the arguments I had very quickly with um, some of my family. Like, you know, I need you to do something. All right, this is more than just looking at your computer, Mom. This is what it costs. You charge Where your mom? You uh, that's that's, that's kind of low. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Listen to me, though. <laughs> okay. It was only thousand Wait, wait, wait. This is based on the ethics that my mother taught me. If you're going to do something like that, and it's, say, rewiring part of the house, it's part of the deal. It's like you're going to do it as a business, because then I'm not going to shirk you. I'm not going to make you wait six months. And so then I'm not charging her thousands of dollars, and I don't actually. The truth is, I never charged my mother, but I've charged other family members. I've so, charged okay, family other family members, members I get, I, but I, your I, mother, I can, George. I know, George. If I can, why give it away for free? If I, if I can interject <laughs> for a quick second. Yes. Yeah, so something that I noticed is is that a lot of times a consultant will specify something or design build uh, integrator will design a system, and what I you know recently got my team doing, I would say within the last six months. Because of, I guess you could say, the you-know-what storm that happens afterwards, um, we actually started reviewing drawings as a manufacturer of every system design that our system integrators or consultants will allow us to see prior to really getting an order. And we actually do this service for free for one reason. Because of the world of inoperability for many manufacturers, as you know about, call it HGBC, call it SDI, whatever the connectivity interface may be, we realize if we didn't do this on-site, there's going to be serious problems. We've seen them before. So I guess certain services have to be free because otherwise people won't pay for them. Well, and, and Hanan, let me, let me play the devil's advocate for that one. Sure. Uh, because th there are a couple manufacturers. When I was in education, we would design our own systems, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, And that was great, except for they would stop the purchasing process until they had vetted our designs and, and it wasn't just us right they they, they did this with a couple of, of not a couple they did this with 95 percent probably of their integrators um and, and i understand i understand your your perspective and, and your point of view making trying to make sure that that the process goes right that, that your your product is seen in a in a positive light however is doesn't that create a choke point then where where you guys are kind of you guys are a stop stopping point until you get through the process, unless you do it differently. Until you get through the the vetting process of the design, you don't process the the order. Therefore, it doesn't go out. And if you're on a time crunch, how do you guys manage that? So let me clarify. The mm -hmm. Excellent point. So if I'm working with a consultant, and for argument's sake, they say um, I'm specifying Prime Views video walls because they have HDBC natively embedded, and it's going to save me money or, or yeah. whatever the occasion is. So I will ask them in a very important question. What are you planning connecting the ex – which extender do you plan on connecting it? Is it Crestron? Is it AMX? You know, we've had experiences where certain things obviously work better than others. And the first thing that I'm going to ask is which one is it? And if I haven't already tested, 
can you introduce me to that other manufacturer so I could test up in my R&D you know, location or my showroom or on a production site because otherwise I have no guarantees it'll work. I don't want to say it's going to work just because everyone says it should work, just yeah. because the protocol says it's supposed to work. And that that's valid, absolutely. So you it so that's where some of the stopping gap may happen, and 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 that's again, I get it from a manufacturer standpoint, because here's the thing, guys. You, you we we've talked about this regardless of which control system it is. The the touch panel is is the client facing part, right? And if they're hitting the button, then the entire system doesn't work, and the entire system is crap, you know, quote unquote. And the only thing they're going to see is you know AMX or Extron or Crestron, and so. AMX sucks. You know, Crestron sucks. Extron sucks. Whatever is on that touch panel. You said it. I didn't say it. No, no. I'm, I'm just saying. And George can, can back me up on this. That's what, you know, what my buddy uh, Kevin Iselli is is forever. Who works for Crestron? You know, they'll call up uh, technical support and they'll say this Cestron system sucks. You know, because that is the component that they see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because well, you know, some video cables got unplugged and it may very well be, you know an old auto patch video switcher for crying out loud, who knows? Um, but it's it's that front facing. So I get the fact that manufacturers need to make sure that their system is going to work in an integrated uh, system like that, right? Unless you're buying everything from brand X, Y, or Z, you've got to make sure that it's going to, it's going to interconnect with everybody and, and it's going to play well with, with those different parts and pieces. I get that. The other part of that, though, is you've got clients who are saying, oh, hey, I found $10,000 in our budget. Can you have this done in two weeks? <laughs> so you've got these two worlds kind of fighting each other. At so. a zero, and yes. Well, <laughs> all right. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah. I wanted to make one more point about Yorktel. Um, yeah. Just kind of talking about the managed services uh, component here. Um, what, what they told me is that they don't take a job unless there is a managed services component. They don't take mm-hmm. a, a job that's just just an integrate you know a integration uh, job. They they don't want to you know be be one off companies. Um, and you know, just have these one-off installations and and walk away from the client. They they want to stick with these clients and you know build long-term relationships with them. I, and and I think that's 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 a good model to follow. I, I mean, there there are definitely you know integrators that that do that with with some of their clients. But York tells, told me that that's they do that with everybody. They're, if they're, if there's not a managed services component, they're not going to bid on the job. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting if I may interject because that is exactly what many manufacturers have been leading towards because that is a managed service that is recurring revenue. And if you read the article as as well, like you said, they they do content creation because it's end to end. They're talking about digital signage. They're not just selling the hardware, which is a one off sale. Yeah. Right. Maybe you maintain it twice a year. Um, but other than that, there's content creation, there's content distribution, there's management of that stuff, which I think is amazing that they've always looked at that and said, well, let's try it. Here's a small division. Hey, that division grew. Great. Yep. Said, what was and it? it he and said it's... it grew in despite of itself. <laughs> yeah, some something like that. It's it's yeah. it's starting to grow a little bit more. And I, I he he sounds like um you know he he was saying that that's that's probably an area that that's going to grow quite a bit in 2016 and and beyond because it's you know becoming a, a more you know more important thing for for a lot of companies to to have that you know that that video content. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we got one more story here, and then we're gonna let Craig uh, talk about a couple more that they're gonna have. But I, I wanted to get this on the roundtable par- portion, I guess, of of the sto- of the show, and that's uh, NSCA's new initiative. Um, and it, it's it, Tom LeBlanc, the the, the um, oh, what is his official title now? Editor, editor. Puba, Puba, editor in chief, editor in chief, Grand Puba <laughs> of, of both commercial integrator as also as uh, as tech decisions. Um, it's a sneak peek. 
Now, it's a sneak peek, but the fact that he posted it means we can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, of NSCA's new plan to reach high school students. It's called Ignite. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting uh, concept. It's an interesting initiative. The fact that it has two of my favorite uh, 40 under 40 people is also a plus. One is our, our, our good friend and pal, Kelly Perkins, who's also the uh, one of the hosts of our AV Social, and our buddy Mike Shen. Uh, from IMS, so it, it's it's um, I'm very excited about this, um, it, Mr. Tucker. When it comes to recruiting people and getting the millennials and what on earth the next generation that you know is going to be called involved and, in, and inspired by AV, how do we do that? How do we get into the high schools and say, hey, look, you know, here's here's a cool industry that you can be a part of, that you can grow with, that you can help change, actually. Because we are in kind of a, a transitional period, how do we get in in the high schools and get those kids? I think just like the the old age old question about math, how do I make it applicable to my life? And for a lot of these people and the the kids, I think it's about yeah yeah you know how to use an iPad, you know how to use this, you can edit videos on YouTube, that's great. But what if you really want to make something like a music video? Maybe you're in a band or you you rap or something. Now you take it to them and say, here's how you're going to do it. Here, let's teach you and take you through the entire process, right? With, you know, integration, let's make it better for the school and better for your classroom. How do we do that? Let's do it. And it's a class to make that classroom or that auditorium work. And now it becomes real world. And the applied skills are not necessarily as high or steep a learning curve. And they see what the end results are. It's sort of like making a clay pot. Everybody loves making those clay pots and those little shops that you do. Even if you don't think you do, there's a satisfaction. Of, My God, there it is. It's real. I did it. And I think that's a lot of it. Uh, as the article says, it has to be content. You can't just give a lecture. Well, I think that's always been the truth. We just accepted it for too long. Uh, but they really want to see that visceral content to hands-on very quickly. Yeah. And that, I believe, would be part of the key. Look at the maker movement. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Hanan, from your perspective, uh, both as a manufacturer, I was also somebody that, that lives and works and breathes in New York, uh, a place with a lot of people that, that you could connect to this industry. How do you? How do we get a hold of the young people to get them involved in, in this industry? You know, when I was being interviewed, I'll never forget, prior to joining PrimeView, I had zero experience in the pro-AV. To be honest with you, I didn't even know what AV stands for at the time. And, you know, my CEO said, you know, after he said, obviously, what are you looking for? What are you interested in PrimeView? I said, I, I don't really know anything about the tech space. What's so interesting about it? And one of the things my CEO and founder said to me, which at the time is still the, is still the case, really, when I think back, um, is that it's always changing. It's always evolving. And that was exciting personally to me um, at the age of 27, you know, 28 now when I think back. Um, that's what attracted me, something that is obviously something that's always going to be different, always changing. And when I think back to one of my first real broadcast, you know, rollouts were uh, with actually World Stage, ironically, was uh, ESPN Sports Center. Mm-hmm. And we built out one of the most beautiful studios together in the world, still to date. And, you know, when my friends asked me, what do I do? I said, you know, do you ever watch TV? And they say, well, yeah, a little bit. I said, do you ever watch uh, Sports Center? I said, well... I get involved in projects like that. They're like, whoa, I want to be more involved. What is this? And I explained to him, this is what pro-AV is. This is what AV is really doing for the world. This is what commercial integration is doing. Really? That's what they're doing? So I guess that's part of the way 
I express to millennials about their world, uh, what the industry is, and show how exciting it really could be and how it's always evolving. But long term, I think the way that you really recruit and attract is by offering, just like any other industry, is continual training um, in the field. And that's how you retain employees. And I think that's also how you attract people to a field and saying, we will train you. You know, not just from a manufacturer's point, but from learning, teaching people how the industry works continuously. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mr. McCormick, uh, last word on this on this article. How do we get the kids more involved? Yeah, I, I think it, um, there was a quote in, in that article from, from Kelly Perkins about how NSCA realized there, there was nobody young on, on the board. Um, for, <laughs> there is that, to, yes. Well, and and I actually think that's that's a key part of, of getting kids interested in it. I, I think you know if a you know fifty year old if, if the CEO of a company an AV company walks into their classroom you know all decked out in his tie and everything, the, half those kids are going to tune them out. Honestly, <laughs> to be totally honest, they're they're not going. They're they're. I mean, it. I, I think it it resonates a lot more. You know, if you you send in you know, whether it's Kelly or you know some somebody who who's you know. Not not that not that much older than them that that can talk about. Here's the cool things, you know. I I just you know I just did, you know. I and you know what Hanan was talking about with with Sports Center and you know that that studio. I'm, you know, here's you know here's a cool project I just worked on, and you know it could be something that you you work on. I I think that's that's actually a, a key element of this, and and it's good that to see that NSCA is is kind of recognizing that and and you know acknowledging that. You know, in in some ways, it, it takes young people to reach young people, which which I think you know it, it's that's often been lost in the past. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, Mr. McCormick, uh, you've got a couple yeah. of stories you wanted to talk about that you guys are talking about over at the uh, commercial integrator world. Absolutely. Um, I I did want to give a plug for an, another uh, Yorktel plug. They're they're going to be uh, participating in our annual. Um, State of the Industry uh, webinar, which is January 20th. Mm. They'll, um, they'll be joined by uh, Tom LeBlanc, the editor, and Grant Pupa of uh, Commercial Integrator, as well as uh, Chuck Wilson from NSCA. Um, Chuck and, and Tom do, do the, the webinar every year. It's, it's um, you know, based on, on a uh, survey and, and other uh, findings that, that uh, Commercial Integrator and NSCA put together. And, and it's, you know, kind of a good roadmap for, for the year. The year following, um, Yorktel will be, will be part of that um, this year. Ron, Ron Gabbery, the, the CEO, so he's he's excited to to participate in that. Um, it, in addition, we've been we've been posting um, some you know kind of year in review type type of articles. Um, we we just put up our, our timeline of kind of the the stories of the year and um, just just looking at it. To me, I, I noticed you know, I. I mean, I, I I knew it kind of as it was happening, but it's it's amazing the number of acquisitions and and um, those consolidations that that have happened in this industry over the past year. And and looking at that has, has been uh, been pretty interesting. And we we um, look look back at those and and you know several other other stories as well. Um, I I just posted this afternoon. Uh, an, an article that um, is a couple dozen uh, industry leaders uh, talking about some of the challenges that they feel like they will be facing in in 2016 and kind of how the how, how they'll be uh, be meeting those head on and I, I know we'll have some more uh, 2016 uh, 
look looks ahead and and 2015 wrap-ups uh, post posting on on our site uh, coming up, as well as a handful of of Star Wars stories that have uh, have gone up in, <laughs> in the last uh, last couple of weeks, and uh, you know a couple of holiday displays that are, are kind of you know fun to look at. I I always I was like uh, seeing what what AV guys can can do to you know storefronts and churches and yeah. and you know other public spaces and things like that. So yeah. so that's that's about it. Speaking of actually both of those topics, yeah. uh, if you've ever been to Disney World um, during the, the Christmas time um, at the um, Hollywood Studios, which is their kind of movie set area um, park, they had every year a, a, a street scene, two or three streets together set up, and they would do these phenomenal light systems, right? Uh, all set to music. Every 15, 20 minutes, they would go off, and they would it would be, last for five or ten minutes. Beautiful display. Uh, my family and I got to saw it, you know, three or four years ago now. Apparently, this is the last year for that um, really? in in Orlando because they're putting something in called Star Wars World, exactly <laughs> where those lights are. So if you're you're headed to Florida, you're headed to Orlando this year, you might want to stop by and see those lights for apparently the last time, at least the last time for a while. So, yeah, I heard that the other day. So, all right, gentlemen, uh, that is going to do it. That's going to do it for the year, actually. Uh, next week we'll do a, a best of for Christmas and the, year, uh, the week after that. Uh, me and the gang uh, will get together for a kind of a year in review, year in preview. That'll be pre-recorded for for New Year's. So, uh, this is our last live uh, last live shot. So, thank you guys so much for for joining me. Thanks so much for for hanging out with us for the year. Hanan, thank, thank you. you, sir. Um, how can people get a hold of you in Prime View? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, either at the office at two one two seven three zero four nine zero five, or obviously the email is great too. Uh, C-H-A-N-A-N at primeview.biz okay. uh, but always LinkedIn is always a great way and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity I didn't even know about that project you know, Inspire actually, I'm actually really interested to get involved because it's a serious problem yeah. so I definitely appreciate the opportunity and learning about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. McCormick, how can people find you or, or uh, Commercial Integrator? Yeah, uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way for me. Uh, it's at Craig McCormick, um, and you can also look on commercialintegrator.com or our Twitter feed, which is comintegrator, two M's. Um, integrator, all right. And Mr. Tucker, sir, how can people find you? Uh, if it's social media, it's at Tucker2s, uh, LinkedIn's Twitter, the whole bit, and I write for Commercial Integrator, Tech Decisions Magazine, and a number of others, but find me there. You're Tucker2s even on LinkedIn? Uh, it will get me. Okay, well, well. <laughs> I just I'm linked into. I made a decision and I went full with it. Good for um, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm still too happy holidays. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you guys. Yes, um, well. everybody have a safe one. If you uh, don't follow me, but go by the website, lots of folks have made some really really great um, stuff there. Uh, George has posted some stuff there this week. Uh, Don Mead uh, posted a Star Wars related. Uh, women in AV related uh, blog post this week. Um, so yeah, check that out. We also had our, our second edition of our residential version um, of uh, AV week. So we're starting a resi version. We've done two so far. Second one was up, so check that out if you're in residential or, or, or what have you. So avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You can find this and a whole lot more. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out this year. Uh, this has been AV week. Thank you.